Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to Achtung Momo, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Accept no substitute. Well, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to an impromptu edition of Achtung Millwall. Um, slightly unplanned to an extent. Um, we've had some nice news today. Um, Achtung Millwall has become a finalist, a shortlisted finalist in the Sports Podcast Awards, um, which was, I'd forgotten, I'd actually entered this particular awards. I've become a little bit of a cynic when it comes to the world of award ceremonies and um, that kind of thing, dear listeners. And uh, I'd actually enrolled in this, despite myself, a few months ago and forgotten all about it. Um, Sports Podcast Awards. So, yeah, we were, we were a finalist in amongst a fairly eclectic group of other uh, podcasts, including names such as Spurs Podcast, An Echo of Glory, uh, A View from the Lane. Apparently, they're, uh, they're our contenders in the best team Podcast category and Arsenal one, the Forever Arsenal, uh, Everton, Blue Room. Also, it's quite a wide range of sports. There's a sailing, uh, yachting podcast called Sail GP on there, as well as US sports. Uh, The White Sox, Chicago White Sox Talk podcast, one for the New York Mets there, I see. And um, so it goes on. Oh, the Miami Dolphins, American football, gridiron football. So in amongst is um is Akdong Millwall. You can vote. There's a link on the uh, Twitter feed, on the X feed for Akdong Millwall. Do please, please um vote for us. We're gonna need it. We're up against some serious names there. Um to be to be honest, we you know we we're, we're clearly gonna struggle up against global names like the uh, Chicago White Sox and the Arsenal's and the Spurs and the Miami Dolphins, of course. Um, so being shortlisted is in itself a, a really nice tribute. It's a tribute as much to myself, but also to everyone that contributes to the show. I'm really proud of where we've got it to. Um, a lot of different names and voices that, that put a little bit of um, their time into something that is um, enjoyed by many, many people around the mill scene and, and also globally now. We get a lot of listeners from all over the, the, the planet, so... You know, it's it's really nice to be able to do that. It's nice to include a, a wide range of very different voices. I want to keep trying to develop more and more um, opinions and views. Um, I'm hoping that it entertains and that you'll agree and disagree in equal measure with, with what you're hearing. Um, but fundamentally, we're here to um, reflect the Millwall um, perspective on, on the world. It, I, as I said earlier on, I'd forgotten I'd actually enrolled in this, so I've looked at our... 
you do like a little biog of your own show and some clips, which I'd included. So I, just done, I did this months ago. Um, but just reading um, the biog that I'd, I'd written about the show, and I'd, I'd make a... It sounds a bit poncy, actually, now I read it back. Um, saying that it's been a one-man show. It's not a one-man show. It's, it's, it's a team show. I don't know. Yes, I mean, I, I put it together on the um, on the computer, on the uh, garage band, but it's way more than a one-man show. So I didn't want to... I wrote that and then now regretting it. Um, I think it was a bit over overblown from my, from my point of view. Um, also saying we don't seek fame nor fortune, unlike our competitors. I think I had the competitors of Arsenal TV in the mind. I, don't it must, I must have enrolled on this after we'd been to the previous awards ceremony where I came away a bit um, embittered and disillusioned with uh, the, the, the podcast scene, which has really grown since I started doing this. I mean, when I first began doing it back in 2013-ish, it was quite an eccentric thing to do. It probably still is eccentric in truth. Um, which attracts me, but um, it wasn't easy to get it done. You had to almost pay a membership fee to to put your your podcast out there, which for a couple of years I did, and then um, it turned around so that then you get advertising on your on your shows, and you know you you make money out of it, which um, uh, we donate, of course, as you know, to the food hub. But um, so it's, it's expanded. Everyone's doing podcasts now, aren't they? On on a whole range of subjects. Um, and it's quite a strange thing to find in your life at the age of, um, well, 50-something when I started doing this, to find yourself at the forefront of um, a scene that's developed now into the size and scale it has. As I say, waffle, 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 there is a link on our Twitter feed to vote for Akadung Mill. Please support us. Um, whether we can get close in, in a, a competition like this with, um, you know, major... American and uh, Premier League names, well, you know, we'll see. But um, I really appreciate everyone that does vote for us. I appreciate everyone that contributes to the show. Too numerous to name here, but everyone knows who they are. And I also want to say thank you to you too, dear listeners, because um, without the listeners, without people actually bothering to, to click on the link and listen to what we put out, we can't um, we can't make the money that we contribute to the the food hub, which I think is a really worthwhile cause. So um, yeah, I want to say thank you to everyone involved, and um, let's see where we finish in the sports podcast um, awards twenty twenty four. It's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? Um, so yeah, so I thought I'd put together a little show just to say a say thank you to um, everyone involved in the show, but also before I go any further. We've got our pundit questions. It's probably a bit too close to Christmas now. You've cut it too fine if you're ordering a um, pod, uh, pundit game for Christmas, dear listeners. It's what's today? It's the nineteenth Tuesday, so just under. You might just about get it if if you you're cutting it fine though. Blimey. Um, anyway, whatever. We 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 always put out. I'm going to put out a couple of questions today for punditgames.co.uk, the number one football trivia game. It's a terrific game. Um, whether it's Christmas, birthdays or anything else, it's just a terrific buy. And every time you buy a copy of the game through their website, you quote Akdung Millwall as your um, How Did You Hear About Us? And the Lions Food Hub gets a little donation, which I think is a really nice arrangement. Um, just to give it a bit of an advertisement, we, we read out a couple of teaser questions to give you a sense of the wide range of genres of football question that you can pick up on on Pundit. 
Some of it will be um, your era. I mean, one of them's my era um, on the, these two questions I've dug out. Some will be for the kids, but um, that's the that's the spread you want for Christmas games and birthday games and Sunday afternoon games. So anyway, it's a couple of teaser questions. We'll do the answers to these two questions at the end of this show. So first up, um, there's a football league question. Always the toughest category for me, but this one, I think most will know it as I read it out. Uh, this is a player who's now best known for his Sky punditry covering the championship. This is a winger who enjoyed spells at Crystal Palace, Reading and Watford during the 2000s and the 2010s. He's also made 32 appearances for the Jamaican national side. Um, started at Wimbledon, 96 appearances back in 2000 to 2004 via West Ham Cardiff. He's played at 43 appearances, 2004 to 5 Palace. 75 uh, starts for Palace, 12 goals. Watford, 82 and five goals. Reading is where I, you know, most of us would really know him from. That's uh, 189 appearances and 14 goals, 2009 to 2014. Then he's gone on to finish his career at Leighton Orient, Stevenage and Leighton Orient. Again, he's coaching at Leighton Orient. But nowadays, he's best known as a Sky Pundit and I believe um, a pundit with Aaron on the um, Radio London shows, the sports shows that he does. So you, I'm sure you're going to get that one. That's probably a pretty straightforward one. So here's another one. So there's the football league question. We'll do another England football team question. This one's more my era. And any of you uh, older listeners, the more mature crowd that follow Achdong Millwall might get this one. This is an English national team question. From the 70s, my era, dear listeners, uh, he began his career with Brian Clough's all-conquering Nottingham Forest side. This is a curly-haired hitman who bagged an impressive 16 goals in 42 games for the Free Lions, including the winner in a 2-1 win over Spain at the 1980 European Championships, 1980 Euros. Um... Forrest, 1974-79, 129 appearances for Forrest. Brian Clough era, 36 goals. Um, he went to Cologne, FC Cologne, 81 appearances and 28 um, goals for Cologne. Arsenal, 131 starts, 56 goals. Back to Cologne, 49. This is 1986-88 now we're at. Um, 49 appearances, 11 goals then, and then finished at Fortuna Cologne. 37 appearances, 5 goals. England, 42 starts for England, 1978-86, 16 goals. Who is that man, dear listeners? I bet you've got it already, all you older heads that follow Akdung Millwall. So, yeah, punditgames.co.uk, terrific football um, trivia game, whatever the time of year. Might be a bit sharp now for Christmas, but birthdays and so on, I fully recommend it. And the Lions Food Hub gets a little uh, donation for every time you, you order one. Achtung, Mehlball. So anyway, I thought I'd do an impromptu show, um, a little bit of um, something I put together for a fixture relating to Saturday's trip to, to Stoke City. Uh, we'll come on to that in a moment, but I thought first we'd just have a little um, moment <laughs> to talk about the, the aftermath of that one-all draw on, on Saturday with, with Huddersfield. It was a gutty kind of draw, wasn't it? Um, I must admit, I felt quite... Um, I'm clinging to signs of hope, and there were one or two signs of hope from Saturday's performance. 
but I must admit the uh, concession of, of such a avoidable situation at the end of the game on Saturday. We've had quite a few of those, the Millwall Argentina. Um, in, all in Spanish it was. He posted the number of late goals we've conceded this season. Um, and there's a litany of them. Um, why is that? Um, I think fundamentally the squad lacks quality and there's no real hiding place at the level of the, of the championship now for a team that is lacks superstars or stars anyway at our level and lacks quality really you know we, we, you can get away with that in cup tie situations or one-off games or you know surges of form but unfortunately I think we've been found out increasingly this season so anyway I just thought we'd have a quick run through over the news on the South London press website um, I'm hoping to try and cheer us up because um, I'm, I'm wondering whether I'm entitled to feel downbeat at the moment um and I can't really avoid it after that result Saturday. But anyway, something that has cheered me up today is this story here on the on the um, London News Online, which is the South London Press website. Um, Millwall attacker Idamo Imaku is set to pen a contract extension, which is good news. Have a quick look at this. This is um, an extension to his existing contract. A twenty year old, twenty year old signed for the Lions in the twenty twenty three January transfer window, capped at under twenty one levelled by the Republic of Ireland, um, made his league debut against Spurney in the Championship, but his injury has plagued him slightly. I haven't seen much of him since Joe Edwards has taken over. Um, moments, more than Roman Essay, to be honest. But anyway, um, cutting a long story short, he has signed a contract extension, which um, I, for one, am pleased about. He scored for the um, under-21 side yesterday. 5-1 win for the um, under-21s. And also the, the other name that's always being discussed at the moment is Roman Essay, who also scored yesterday. Um, will we or won't we see either of them getting more game time in Joe Edwards' starting 11s? Don't know. Don't know. It's, um, it's a mystery to me as to why we haven't seen them already. But, um, yeah, um, we've, we've done that subject quite a lot on the show recently. Speaking to the South London Press, Idamo... Um, said that uh, playing in England was always a dream of his. The best football's played over here, and he's grateful for Mill to Mill for taking him on, and he's enjoying every moment. He seems like a really nice boy, and I like his hard running um, style. Many of the guests and, and and voices on the show want to see him less on the wing, more as a central striker, and I think I probably agree with that. Um, just purely because despite Saturday showing the glimmerings of a ray of light of, of a partnership between Tom Bradshaw and, and Kevin Nisbet, um, the more options we've got going forwards in the centre, the better. So, Idamo and Roman Essay, well, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but anyway, good news that he signed a, a contract extension. Um, another story here, um, this is an update, injury update of um Casper de Noor. Um got a couple of messages when I when I meant I, I actually mentioned Casper de Noor's um injury in a flippant way in, in, in you know I apologize to anyone that took um any of the uh, comments made about conspiracy theories recently seriously not meant seriously you know it's meant flippantly with some measure of twisted bitter humour um, he is injured and get, he's doing his best to get himself fit the current situation as reported by Richard Corley 
on the uh, London News Online is he's on schedule to be back in full training for early 2024. So I'm going to guess that's in January. Um, he's working on a, a rehab course at the moment and they're looking for a return to training around mid-January and about the 15th then. Um, working on a, 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 a machine there to try and um, rebuild the, the muscle in his leg after an Achilles issue, calf issue. So that's good news. I really like we One thing we did miss in recent games is Casper's ability to pick a pass and to, um, you know, pick out the man making the runs. Uh, we, we also need men making those runs. I think I mentioned the other day in the in the voicemail show that uh, they did on Saturday, on Sunday, Joe Bryan making a cross-field, cross-run in front of... Um, it might have been Billy. I don't mean to slag Billy off, but you needed somebody like Casper to spot that run and get the ball into the path. of two, You need a quality player, somebody quality on the ball. So it's, the news is going to be back... In training, hopefully by mid-January, is is very, very welcome, in my opinion. And finally, from the South London, this is Alex Grace's four takeaways, which sounds like you've got like a curry, a pizza, um, a kebab, and fish and chips, four takeaways. From Millwall's one-all draw at home to Huddersfield, this is Alex Grace writing for the South London Press. Um... A lot of, lot of content in there. Some good stuff in here, though, Alex. More points thrown away. You've got in bold, though, and I think that is one of the worrying, <laughs> worrying signs. There was, uh, I saw something earlier on. Um, Joe Edwards is in constant, um, regular communication with Frank Lampard about the art of managing under pressure when form is not with you. And I think probably that's us, or certainly us in the short term at the moment, there's longer-term, medium-term questions about the amount of quality in the side, but certainly we can't we can't get any luck at all at the moment. And how do you manage and how do you keep at it? The answer seems to be that you uh, keep on keeping on, basically. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that works out. But as Alex Grace points out here, really uh, to the point, it's more points thrown away. We threw points away up there at Leicester. I mean, everyone's raving about a goal scored last night. Um, Birmingham versus Leicester, the, the, the breakout from one of their forwards who scored well and then um, basically stuck his chin out in front of the Birmingham end and said, come and uh, do whatever you want. No one did. Um, good break, nice finish um, and they're a good team and they did look good against us but we gifted them, we gifted their goals and that's one of the most frustrating things, same as we gifted that situation for, for Huddersfield on Saturday. Um, second bullet point, um, Nisbet and Bradshaw in the, in the team forming a partnership. Um, yeah, I like the look of it. I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to be Teddy and Cass Mark too, but it's, it's certainly, um, you know, it had the, had the, the glimmerings of, of two players with an understanding that can work around each other. Main problem, I suppose, they look very similar. They're not big blokes, are they? Either, either kid, uh, Nisbet or Tom Bradshaw. Um, I do think we could do a bit of physicality up front, um, but there we are. I'm not going to get that in a hurry unless we really go to town in the January transfer window. Um, the Sarkic versus Bart discussion, Alex refers to that. I am at a loss to 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 really add anything to, other than to what has been said many a time. I, I, I'm failing to see the attraction of Martia Sarkic, other than the fact we've paid 1.2 mil for him. Um, but if you sat me down, and I bet if I sat you down, dear listener, if you and me sat down right now, and I said, who's the better goalkeeper? Do you probably say Bart? 
and I think I would do too. So why you don't pick your best goalkeeper in favour of um, an alleged ability to distribute the ball better, which I haven't really seen that much of from Sarkic. I don't know, don't know. That's that's football football management for you. And finally, Alex's point, which is yes, the league table's taken shape, and um, we're on the, the the QPR game is the halfway point. Twenty two games Saturday when we travel to Stoke. And then Queen's Park Rangers Boxing Day is, is exactly halfway through the season, 23 games. So, yeah, as Alex says here, um, the league table has ch- taken shape. Um, we are in a relegation struggle at the moment. And the, the the numbers of games available whittle down quite fast post-Christmas. So um, we could really do with finding some form quickly and hopefully find some luck as well because that's... Um, something that's gone gone walkabouts in in recent times. So yeah, good good article. As I say, I'm just reading straight from the website. There, listeners, I'm not. Um, I've done an awful lot of prep. I had these notes for a review of a previous fixture, one from the past. I was going to try and do that, and I've, it's become a bit of a a melange, a melange, a smorgasbord of other things. The original idea was I was going to do um, a preview show for our trip to Stoke on Saturday when I found a fixture from 1930, which I'll come back to in a moment. But um, what with the, uh, the, the the sports podcast awards and other bits and pieces, also had a look at the calendar. I won't have much time to do a show this weekend, so I may or may not get a show out after Stoke. I'm probably not going to be able to see the Stoke game because we've got to go to a um, function Saturday, so um, I'll pick up what I can on Sunday and I'll see if there's anyone around to do a conversation with. But do send me your um, voice notes, dear listeners. Speaking of which, before we go any further, um, I've got one here from Big Paul who sent me a very, very late voicemail for Saturday's show, for Sunday's show. So I thought I'd just put it in here as I don't like to waste anything. So let's have a quick listen to Big Paul's comments. There's only brief comments on uh, Saturday's draw. Let's have a quick listen to that. Afternoon, Nick. Um, well, yeah, yesterday was uh, another fucking dreary day at the den. Uh, I was just waiting for old Francis Rossi to clear his throat, and uh, yeah, it didn't happen. So, uh, no rocking all over the world. Anyway, um, yeah, it was better. You can see what he's trying to do there. Onwards and upwards, eh? Big thank you, Paul. Um, if you want to send me a voicemail, dear listeners, and you can send it via the X Twitter account, send me a direct message. You can uh, press the the voicemail button in the corner of a message and speak. Um, I can I can use those. Or if you've got my, if you're privy to my phone number, not everyone is, uh, but if you are privy to it and um, you want to send me a voice note please do. I really appreciate them. I think they make really nice shows and depending on how many we get after Stoke, um, I'll try and put a a, a show together based on that. Um, but it's Christmas Eve, so as I say, we'll, we'll see what we get together. If I can't get a show out Christmas Eve, we'll pick up the whole kit and caboodle after the Boxing Day fixture versus Queen's Park Rangers. Um, so yeah, no, do give me a shout. It's always appreciated. Um, anyway, back to the, the the real reason that I was going to do a show today was as a preview for Saturday's trip to to Stoke. 
Um, so I selected a fixture from the past, one from 1930, in actual fact. This is a win for Mill. Uh, trying to get it as close as I can to the 23rd of December for Saturday. This is a game from the 27th, post-Christmas of December, 1930. A 3-2 win for the Lions at, at the Victoria Ground. Played in front of 10,196. And as the uh, the newspaper, the Reynolds newspaper describes it, a good win for Millwall, says Reynolds newspaper. Um, we'll come back to this. It's, it's a, a, um, a paper that I had, I've never se- I've seen it in the historical terms, but apparently it only went out of existence in the mid-60s, and I don't remember it at all. But anyway, um, so yeah, this is a good win for Millwall. Uh, Stoke City 2, Millwall 3. Um, the turf was very heavy after continuous rain, says Reynolds, when these two teams took the field at the Victoria ground. Millwall made no fewer than six changes and their home side had two alterations from their Boxing Day side. The game opened at a great pace. Wilson, who was deput- deputising for Ewell in the in the Millwall goal, distinguished himself with brilliant work in the first ten minutes when he said great efforts from Bussey and Sale, Stoke City players, whilst Armitage struck the crossbar. So Stoke hit the crossbar with a hard drive. Um, Stoke actually opened the scoring on 13 minutes. A player called Wilson heading a fine goal from a centre by Archibald. Stoke then came very near, near to increasing the lead on several occasions, notably when Diddle and Wilson both missed the Mill goal by inches. Um, Mill equalised, though, on 32 minutes. Wadsworth beating Lewis with a cross drive. Uh, the Stoke players, controversial goal, uh, the Stoke players made strong appeals, which the referee firmly overruled that Wadsworth had handled the ball. No VAR back in 1930, dear listeners. Uh, hint of handball about the control. So anyway, we've equalised there via Wadsworth. A series of fierce attacks by the City forwards followed. And after Archibald and Sale in quick succession, again struck the crossbar. They keep it in the woodwork here, yeah, Stoke. Um, Wilson in the Mill goal again saved in brilliant fashion from Archibald Landells however gave Mill the lead three minutes from the interval just so 42 minutes um, second half open with the uh, Mills looking strong uh, forwards showing admirable cohesion and footcraft that's a good word footcraft I'm going to try and build footcraft into my future coverage of, uh, of Millwall uh, footcraft on the heavy turf and then Stoke defenders were frequently in difficulties. Uh, following a centre by Wadsworth, Mill player, um, McGrory failed to check Landells and the Mill centre forward was within an ace of scoring when Lewis rushed out of goal and cleared the ball. Stoke's shooting was erratic and Bussey and Sale, both in quick succession, both volleyed over the bar when favourably placed. Millwall were certainly masters in this half. The second half we took control and McGrory and Spencer were often favoured by fortune. There's another expression. I love this this kind of stuff. Favoured by fortune. In just clearing the goal of their danger. Once McGrory let Landell's through again, but Spencer cleared on the goal line. 12 minutes from time, a penalty kick was awarded against McGrory, but Lewis brilliantly saved Jones's shot from the penalty mark. The concluding stages were exciting. Landell shot Mill's third goal and the winner with the last kick of the game. Um, and then Armitage, as a consolation goal, scored for Stoke late, late, late. And that report was written under a pseudonym of Potter. Stoke, of course, being the, the Potters. So a 3-2 win for Millwall in 1930. Um, 
a good win by all accounts. The middle team that took the field that day, um, the goal scorers Landell scoring two and Wadsworth getting one. Crowd of 10,000, as we've said. So the middle team, Willie Wilson, some great names here. Willie Wilson. Uh, Sid Sweetman. Why you being called Willie at the school? Willie Wilson, Sid Sweetman. That's a good name as well, isn't it? Jimmy Pipe. These are all real names. Lem Newcomb. Frank Hancock. A lot of Willies and Hancocks going around here, aren't they? Uh, Len Graham. Harold Wadsworth. Andrew Swallow. Stop making your own jokes up out there, listeners. Jack Landells, Vince Jones and Jimmy Poxton. Manager of the legendary figure was Bob Hunter. Um, he would sadly pass away a couple of years later. I think he passed away in 1933, if memory serves. Um, so, yeah, um, 1930-31 season. This would be a season, a moderate season, in Division 2. That was a second division fixture. Um, it would finish in 14th position. The, uh, the win at Stoke on the 27th would leave us in... 18th position at that time. Um, but we would finish overall in 14th. Uh, promoted that season. Everton and West Brom promoted from the second division with Tottenham th- uh, out just outside the top two promotion. And Wolves relegated from the second division into the third division south, Reading and, and Cardiff. Um, top scorer for the 1930-31 season was the wonderfully named legendary figure of Jack Cock, who scored, how about this, this is 15 goals, 15 league goals, scored from 20 starts. That's not bad, isn't it? Almost a goal a game. Uh, Jack Cock was our top scorer for the season. It was a moderate season, really, as I say, 14th finish. Um, second, there was, I think it's uh, Joe Joe Reedman. Joe Reedman uh, with 12 goals. And Jim Forsyth with 11 goals. Um, they were the top scorers. Most appearances for the season was Wadsworth. 40 appearances over the course of that season. Um, so, yeah, there we are. That was the, the um, played at the Victoria ground. So, yeah, I've picked out three... Players from the Mill side, as is the way of these shows, dear listeners. Um, three names I hadn't really come across before. Um, you get to see some names, obviously the Len Grahams and the Jack Cox, you get to see quite regularly and become quite famous. But I've picked out three that I hadn't come across at all. I've gone to Neil's invaluable Mill A to Z. Uh, that's available online. Um, the complete record of all the players, Neil Fissler. Um, it's becoming a go-to has become a go-to book for me doing these shows. And if you're a Mill fan and you class yourself as any kind of, you want to know anything about the players of the past, then you got you need that book. Um, so I picked out three names, and so all these details are drawn from Neil's book. Uh, we've got James Poxton, P-O-X-T-O-N. Um, he was a, a, a winger, outside left, I suppose. Yeah, winger. Um, played for the Lions 1929 to 1934. 156 starts for Millwall. 35 goals. He was born in Staveley, which is up in the Midlands, I think, Staveley, 1903, and he passed away in Warsaw in 1971. A career that took in Staveley Town, West Brom, Gillingham, Millwall, then on to Watford, Warsaw, and Workington. The, the little biographer says, Jimmy was a former miner 
Um, he was fast, smart, and the owner of a rocket shot who, whilst at West Brom, had an England trials game. After moving to the den, it took some time to oust Billy Corkindale outside left, and he was an expert Millwall penalty taker in his first five, five seasons in south-east London. He finished his career with four moves in as many seasons, but never managed the first-team appearance for his last two clubs, Bristol and Reading. Um, Jimmy, after football, became a senior viewer for Tubes Limited in Aston and was awarded the British Empire Medal of Viewer. Must be a tube, so manufacturing, um, quality control of some sort, a viewer for Tubes Limited. I'm going to guess that's what his role in, in, uh, involved there. So, yeah, in Aston, which was, of course, once upon a time, a centre of carny manufacturing in the, in the country. Um, got, the, got the BEM for, for his service there. Jimmy Poxton um, played in that game, at that win at Stoke City. Um, I haven't come across him before. Nor this next name, Willie Wilson. Willie Wilson, Scotsman, born in Cockenzie. <laughs> Willie Wilson, born in Cockenzie. Oh dear. Um, 1900, he passed away in Innerleithen in, in uh, Scotland. 1973. Played 158 games for Mill. I haven't come across his name. I would have remember that name, wouldn't you? Willie Wilson. Um, 1929 to 1934, 158 starts for Millwall. Uh, his career took in such names as the Muscle Burr Scottish side, Peeble Rovers, Newcastle, Dunfermline, Peebles Rovers, uh, as well as Millwall, of course. Um, again, another ex-coal miner, Willie was more a more than capable and confident goalkeeper, an alert and agile, says uh Neil's book. He conceded seven goals on his debut for Newcastle, but went on to make over 130 appearances. And ever present in the Magpies 1927 League Championship team, he dropped down a division moving to New Cross after losing his place to Mick Burns to compete with Joe Lansdale. Uh, Willie was beaten four times by Berry on his debut, but later made 114 consecutive appearances for the Lions before being dislodged by Duncan Yule. After settling, after uh, football, he settled back in Innerleith and he became a boiler house man at a local mill. This is the where the world has changed. This was a working class sport. And as much as um, many of us like to think we're still working class, um, we don't do jobs like boiler house at local mills, do we? Or go down mines and things. So these were tough men, dear listeners. And Willie was a tough man there, clearly, ex-coal miner. So, yeah, Willie Wilson... Um, fabulous stuff. And the last one that I've picked out, um, Lem Newcomb. And I haven't come across this this chap at all. Um, his, his first name is Lehman. That's L-E-A-M-O-N. Lehman Robinson Newcomb. Lem being his, his shortened name. Played as a right half uh, for Millwall, 1930 to 1936. 196 games for the Lions. Two goals in that time. Born in a place called Stillington, don't know where that is off the top of my head, 1903 he was born, uh, passed away in Southport, which is up um, on the on the coast beyond Liverpool, 1964. Um, his career took in Stillington Juniors, uh, amateur, uh, Middlesbrough, Stockton, Darlington, um, turned professional, played for Sittingbourne, Millwall, 1928, um, 
Southport, then retired in 1942. Managed um, Marine, a team which is near Liverpool, a team management, and Southport A as a trainer. Um, Lem signed in an apprenticeship as an engineer, but joined us from the Kent League side Sittingbourne and took over a year to become a first-team regular at the Den. He was a member of the Millwall squad relegated from Division 2 in 1934. This would be post-Bob Hunter. And then found himself under pressure for his place from Andy Swallow. Uh, the signing of, the Tom, of Tom Brawley was the end of his Mill career. Lem ended his career at Southport during the Second World War and became a wholesale tobacconist, managing Marine and then Southport A-side. Then taking over as first team manager of Southport until his health failed him just a few months before his death in 1964. Uh, Lem Newcomb, um, yeah, a name I hadn't come across and that's one of the joys of doing these kinds of shows. Um, yeah, just as an aside, the, the, the 3-2 win was played at the Victoria ground, which is obviously Stoke's previous ground until they moved to what became the, the Britannia Stadium. What's it called now? Is it, is it the 365 Stadium? Um, it was named after the Britannia Building Society when they first built the new ground, having moved out of the Victoria ground. Um, but until their departure in 1997, the... Um, Victoria Ground was the longest continuously occupied football ground in league football from 1878 till 1997 when they relocated to the the said Britannia Stadium. There's a link there. Bet 365 Stadium. There's a, a little social history for you there, listeners, that the uh, new stadium was named initially after a, a building society, old school building society, and is now named after an online betting company. There's a little transition in the... Uh, uh, the weight of finance in, in this country in those years, 1997 to now. But anyway, we don't want to digress too far down that road, do we, dear listeners? So, yeah, um, Victoria Grounds um, was demolished after their, their vacation, um, but there was the longest uh, single ground in use from 1878 to 1997 in league football. Um, next up... I've quoted the Reynolds newspaper. We like to look a little bit further than the world of football on these shows, listeners. For better or for worse, I like to try and team up football within wider society. We've just hinted at something there with the Britannia Stadium becoming the Bet365 Stadium. Draw your own conclusions. But I also wanted to mention the Reynolds News. I hadn't heard of it. Um, apparently, it was a Sunday newspaper. Sunday newspaper only, which ran from 1850... Um, and finished publication. I don't well, I would have been six, so I probably wouldn't have taken any notice of newspaper titles at the age of six, not that advanced. Um, but it ran out of print in 1967, in June 1967. And it was founded by Mr. Reynolds, George William MacArthur Reynolds, as a Sunday newspaper. Um, it was ran as a kind of a labour socialist kind of favouring newspaper. Um, and it had a long, long history. So I'd, I hadn't heard of it, but I've got the front page here because um, when you look on the um, newspaper archive for the match reports, which is primarily what I use it for, but I love to look at the front pages of these old newspapers, listeners. You can call me an eccentric if you like. You're gone, you can. I'll let you. Um, but I had a quick look at the front page just to see what else was going on on the front page of the Reynolds Illustrated News. Now, what is interesting is, um, as I've just said, this was a um, 
a left side newspaper, socialist side newspaper, favouring Labour, I suppose. Um, and the front page banner headline is um, a change in the law, of inco- changing for income tax provisions for people with um, uh, victims of insanity, as they put it here, removes the stigma from victims of insanity. Now, you probably wouldn't use that language anymore. We'd probably call it mental health issues, wouldn't we? But um, the law changes, 1930, there was a um, a change in legislation to um, help the income tax payable by those that were suffering with what we would now call mental health issues. Um, But it's a fascinating front page. There's one or two stories here. Optimism in the new year, the close of a decade of depression and distress. Um, Lord Melchett dead. Now, Lord Melchett is not the character on Blackadder, but he was a famous peer who was um, head of um, Brummer, uh, chairman of Brummer Mead Limited, a chemical combine, as they call it. Now, Brummer Mead, Brunner Mead, was the armaments company that managed the factory in Silvertown, which blew up in 1917. And so it just caught my eye because these details often make connections in my head. Um, 1917, First World War, they were producing armaments not far from where I live in Silvertown. And I think there's a park there now. I think it's roughly on the side of the park, down the Barrier Park. And it was the biggest explosion in this country, I think, until probably the Blitz in the the Second World War. And he was head of the company that um, presided over the manufacture of... um, armaments which basically blew up um so there we are that's reynolds illustrated news dated london sunday december the 30th 1930 a worthy looking paper well i say that because just as a contrast i picked out the daily herald which would be um a more salacious racy front page where i got um, war stories from burma um, rebels in Burma, guns thunder heard 30 miles away, attack on forest rebels. But you've got the salacious stuff of an actor, um, an artist model, his girlfriend basically killed herself, very sad little story, with a rather bounder actor by the name of Charles Cullum, who went off to America abandoning this girl, who killed herself. Um, model tragedy, this is Mary Chaddock is her name, and she was found of her head in the oven. Um, which was an old school way of killing yourself back then. Um, infatuated artist, model, gassed herself. Actor weds another girl in the uh, New York, Mr. Charles Cullum. That would have done his career no good at all, I don't think. So it's just interesting to see the contrast in the uh, in the front pages. Um, film star blinded by her makeup here. Phyllis Constantine put too much makeup across her eyes and has now under the care of one of London's leading eye specialists. So you got that kind of story. The uh, Reynolds newspaper, more serious, I suppose, more more business-like, I suppose. Daily Herald's got gunfighting. General Joff, the uh, French general of the First World War, has had his leg chopped off, but he's gone into a coma. Um, stuff like that. So just interesting. I find it interesting anyway. So there we are. That's, that was what was going on in the world at the same time that Millwall were winning 3-2 at Stoke City on the, near, not quite this day, but near to this day in 1930. There we are, dear listeners. That's my little um, roundup, a bit of everything in there. I hope it, it um, comes across reasonably coherent when I finally 
put it out there. Big thank you to everyone who contributes to the show. Um, the main reason I wanted to do it today was to say thank you for the uh, shortlisting and encourage you to vote. Vote for me. Vote for the show. Um, I think we're going to be up against it. We're up against the Miami Dolphins um, podcast and uh, the White Sox and Arsenal, Spurs and Everton. But anyway, we can but try our best. There's a link on on the X, and I've also put it even on threads. This is our key now. I am to try and get some votes. I've I've uh, used my Moribund Threads account. Um, but anyway, to close us, you want some answers to questions, don't you? You wanted the English national team question. Be- who, the man who began his career, Brian Clough's all-conquering Nottingham Forest, a curly-haired hitman, scored an impressive 16 goals in 42 games for the three Lions. Um, Arsenal, Cologne, Forest, Tony Woodcock. You knew that, though, didn't you? You knew that. I think I knew. I knew that one. Um, I knew this one as well, but I don't know many of the Football League ones. Football League question. He's now best known for his Sky Punditry, covering the championship. This is a winger who enjoyed spells at Crystal Palace, Reading and Watford, and made 30 in during the 2000s and 2010s, but also made 32 appearances for Jamaica. Works with Aaron Paul sometimes. Joby McEnough, you knew that, Pundit Games. .co.uk, check it out, select Acton Wheel if you do buy a copy and the Lions Hood Hub gets a uh, a little donation. Huge thank you to everyone, anyone that's voting for us, really appreciate it. And um, not sure if we're back at the weekend, we'll be back almost for certain, well for certain as far as anything is in this world, after the Queen's Park Rangers visit, on the, after the Queen's Park Rangers game on Boxing Day. So until then, dear listeners, thank you for listening. Me, Nick Hart, checking out. Until the next edition, Arrivederci Millwall. Bye for now. Hold up. 